Welcome back to Gospel Centered Rest, where we have conversations about life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. I'm joined again with another episode with Mr. David Robinson and Mr. Byron Burton, who are also pastors here at Grace Bible Church. If you want to know more about Grace Bible Church, go to gracegolf.ca, gracegolf.com. Both those work, right guys? Yeah, they both work. I just want to affirm, uh, Tyler, your introductions are very excellent. Very excellent. He's doing a good job, isn't he? Contrary to what I might have said last episode, apparently. <laughs> well, thanks. Let me just. I just uh, wanted to be put out there that introductions are not easy. <laughs> They're the hardest part of this entire podcast. <laughs> well, thanks. And it's why we put Tyler up front for introductions. So, and that's why I can hit buttons like this one. Oh boy! <laughs> like the laugh track. You hear that? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Do you want me to hit another button, David? <laughs> no. Why don't you do you it sure? as a surprise no. partway through the podcast? Yeah, throw that in there. A little yeah, bit of, there we go. little joke action. <laughs> Speaking of introductions and joke action. That was very good, Tyler. Thanks. <laughs> I try. You know what? I actually, I, I, I think through this like all morning. And then when we come, I actually don't think through it <laughs> all morning. But Well, see, you just have to say discipleship is no joke. Right, it is. That's a Byron. Why don't you go right ahead and do this transition for us? No, okay. Uh, Well, today we're actually we're in our part. I guess is this part three of our four part series dealing with our mission and key values here at Grace Bible Church. And we started discussing how the mission statement of Grace Bible Church is finding rest and relationship in God. Then last week uh, we were continuing that phrase in God through gospel-centered worship. This week, it's gospel-centered discipleship, which also happens to be two of our key values, worship, discipleship, and the third one being community, which we're going to talk about next week. But Mm -hmm. today, we're just going to focus our attention on what is discipleship and just explaining a little bit about what the Bible has to say about discipleship. Again, we're not going to be able to get into the nitty-gritty of how each of these things works out in various different ways, but very broad explanation, um, I guess we could say that what we're going to touch on today here with gospel-centered discipleship. So first question, what is discipleship? How would you gentlemen answer this question? What is discipleship? I'll, uh, I'll go first, Byron. Sure. Okay. Uh, Matthew 28. So when we look at, or when we do uh, membership classes or joining the the church family classes, uh, and also when we do baptismal classes, um, I refer to uh, Matthew 28. Actually, it's probably more the baptismal class, but it also connects very much with what we're to do as a church in terms of discipleship. So uh, Matthew 28, verse 16, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And excuse me. So I think verse 17 of Matthew 28 is so profound because they had just spent that time with Jesus. So you think they'd be on a spiritual high and they'd have all their life together and their doctrine together. Um, But then you read that little phrase, but uh, some doubted. And that is so freeing uh, because I think that's the importance of discipleship. We all need to be discipled uh, because we have our doubts. Uh, We have... Mm. Um, you know, those moments where 
we're actually probably more than just moments, but times when we're periods of our life where we're just really struggling. And then um, there's a lot to grow in. Uh, there's a, there's a lot um, that comes against us to say, well, is Christ true or is Christianity true? So verse 17 um, uh, gives us the negative in the sense where some doubted, but it also gives us the positive because discipleship leads to worship. Yeah. And we talked a bit about that last podcast, but the idea that we want to grow in our worship, we want to grow in being able to say that God is worthy of all that we are of our entire life. And so how, how do we do that? Jesus came near and said to them, which is a beautiful picture, like Jesus coming near, which is such a gospel picture. And so if you want the air um, that discipleship breathes and the prayer of discipleship is that Jesus would come near, um, we would understand Jesus' personal voice um, and the gospel and the words personal voice coming and speaking to us. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So this is, we're under the authority of Christ. So that gives us the parameters of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, just a bit of a cough here. Uh, the, the main verb is make disciples. And we do that three ways. We do that by going, um, make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. So we make disciples by going. We need to show an interest um, in those who are doubting, in those who are struggling with their worship. I received an email this past week, and um, someone who just started coming to Grace a few years ago just said, you know, I came at a time when I was really struggling and when I was really wrestling with God and what God was doing in my life at that time. So he was struggling with his worship. He was struggling with his doubts. So we want to go. Um, we want to be available for people, um, baptizing them. Um, and again, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the, the, the gospel um, and um, unashamed of the gospel. So those making disciples are, are saying, um, you know, how, do you, how are you living out the gospel? And then how do we do all of that? By teaching them to observe everything I've commanded, um, commanded you. So it's, it's walking in the commands of the Lord. It's mm-hmm. living out the commands of the Lord. And then that final phrase, and remember I'm with you to the ends of the age, is that final encouragement that we need. Because when we're being mentored, we're going to be asked to do things that are beyond us. And the only way that we can do things that are beyond us is I am with you always. So whatever the circumstances, your marriage, church issues, cultural issues, um, pressures against you, the attack of the evil one, Christ is with us. And part of Christ being with us is through discipling. And so Matthew 28 um, really becomes a, or Matthew 28, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 28 really becomes a, a good, just quick picture synopsis. This is what discipleship looks like. Yeah, um, this yeah. is what it means. It's an amazing ending to a book. Yeah. It's just, it's astounding because this is, this is the heart of the shepherd Jesus saying, you will be cared for um, by God's people as they make yeah. disciples. And it's not just, um, you know, it's not just, uh, going out and serving um, others and what you're giving out, but people and others um, and the church is putting into you in the sense where they're seeking to mentor you and disciple you and grow you and take care of you. So as you go out, um, you will be able to present the word of God, live the word of God, but also you have a church community that disciples one another, that teaches one another, that cares for one another. Yeah. Very good. Byron, would you add anything to that? 
those comments. Just thinking exactly what David has said, it, it's not an instant. It, it's mm-hmm. not a moment. It's a process. It's life, living life with people. And Jesus had done that for three years with not just the apostles, but with that larger group. They're all disciples. They were following him. They were learning. They were growing in their understanding. And we get the opportunity to be involved with each other in that way. Yeah. And it's amazing how this has played out in Scripture. The, The ultimate example is Jesus. Like, what a rowdy group of 12. And one of them, Jesus knew, was going to betray him and still cared for him and and ministered to him. Uh, And there were times where, you know, Jesus was stern, but there were other times with the disciples, but there were other times he was just given to compassion. um, And it was through his compassion um, and his teaching brought those together that really matured um, and, and helped uh, the disciples to understand his ministry. Um, and so much like that, the, what Jesus did with his disciples is what we read in Matthew 28. I am with you always. And that's important when we disciple others that, that we won't give up. Um, we will. And again, I'm not trying to make it sound simple, but we're there for the long haul and we're seeking to be with them mm-hmm. um, in the sense of, uh, conveying the love of Christ and the truth of Christ and the grace of Christ. So, yeah, and it would be fair to say that we see different examples of different levels of discipleship. Yeah. I think throughout Scripture too, yeah. uh, you see, you see even like a relationship, like Paul and Timothy's relationship. That was pretty, that was pretty connected. I mean, those guys did everything together. Uh, Timothy was involved with Paul in basically every area of life, and Paul goes on to say that. Uh, in chapter three of of Second Timothy, but what would you say to the person that's like, okay, well, I, I keep hearing this word discipleship bounced around in the church, and uh, but I'm, I, I don't quite understand it. Like, how do I get involved in discipleship in somebody else's life? How do I get discipled? What does that even mean? Um, what would you say to that question? I suggest it starts with your own initiative of saying, is this something you're pursuing? Is this something you want? And Mm -hmm. okay, if they're saying, well, what is it? It's that basic wanting to know Jesus better. Mm -hmm. So as David mentioned, you've got, what did Jesus do for that time, those three years? Well, he was pouring into them. He was teaching them about the kingdom, about God's values, about what's important, about caring for people, all those sorts of things are coming up. Well, if I'm wanting to learn to follow and become more like Jesus, that's essentially what discipleship is. I'm following him, walking in his footsteps is a picture that's used in scripture. So I'm wanting to hear what he said and think about it and say, how could I live that way? Or how could I live that out? Well, I can do some of that on my own as I'm reading and reflecting. I can do more of it with someone else who's maybe walked that road for longer. So Mm -hmm. they've been a Christian for a while. And I could say to them, I'd just like to spend time with you. And, you know, you're learning from them. They're sharing into your life. 
there's more formal type of arrangements too, where you say, okay, I'd like, I'd like us to get together X number of times and we're going to study this and we're going to talk about it. And how do I live it out as a husband or how do I Mm. live this out as a parent? The flip side is someone coming to you or you might see somebody and say that young lady, that, that fella, I'm thinking, I'd like to pour into them and encourage them in their faith and help them. Maybe you see a struggle they're going through. Maybe you just see great Mm -hmm. potential. But you can take the initiative to help someone along. You can take the initiative to be helped and to say, I'd like help. Different options are there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I I think about it in my own life, there are certain individuals that have intentionally, I think, poured into my life and taking me aside to help me grow and mature in my faith. And there's others that it was probably a little more organic, but yet they still had that kind of impact. And so having that kind of influence, I think has helped me in also um, replicating that in others. And you hear Paul say to Timothy in chapter two, second Timothy, uh, the things which you have heard and seen in me, uh, teach this to others also. Um, so the whole idea of that spiritual multiplications to take place within the church and that discipleship, that, that, um, that intentionality of discipleship is certainly important. David, yeah. would you add anything? Yeah. I, I sometimes think that we make discipleship very confusing or you very intense mm-hmm. or you have to follow a certain program right. or is like you said, Byron, sometimes it can be more formal, but sometimes it's just a, um, a conversation mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an age difference. It doesn't have to be a um, a spiritual maturity difference. Uh, sometimes just sitting down with coffee uh, is is that discipleship, and it's not formal. You're just talking about your your life or some of your struggles or maybe some of your devotions and some things that you're not understanding and just wrestling through scripture together. Uh, discipleship can happen in in um, in our small groups, connection groups, which we hope to start up at some point. And just, just that personal contact. Uh, so it's, um, it's, it, it can be very, uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. Yeah. Um, hospitality is huge for discipleship because it's not just the teaching part, but it's the character part. Um, and I think so much of discipleship is character. It's mm-hmm. not just like n- what we understand. And so, a question that younger believers often ask is how can I be mentored? Not imagining that they could be the ones mentoring in a, in a, even in a, for we've been using Matthew 28, but a Matthew 28 way where they also go to maybe mm-hmm. others who are younger in the faith, or maybe they have certain experiences that they could help others in yeah. um, and they could be doing the mentoring. So yeah, we, we read books, we write books, and I, I think that's good. I think there's things that we can learn, but like be you, do mm. you in the sense of, of, of the gospel you, and we, we lose sight of it's, it's not, I mean, it's a command from Christ, so he equips us, yes, um, and he, he'll teach us. Um, and when we're over our head or something, then we reach out for help. If I, and if I can just add, the interesting thing is so many people come and ask, or a lot of people come and ask, um, can you find someone to mentor for me? Yeah. And our yeah. response is, first of all, <coughs> excuse me, our first response is, 
if you can find someone and then you want to ask us about that, then we'd be happy. Yeah. But it, it seems easier for people to find their someone that they're drawn naturally to, mm-hmm. to speak to rather than that be arranged. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is very few people, it seems, come and say, how can I mentor someone? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the Matthew 28 is, yes, you need to be mentored. Um, and that's not a bad thing. And we, we all need it. But yeah. you can be mentored or you mm. can be the mentor. Uh, you can be right. the one who disciples right. others. That's right. Even if you follow how Jesus chose his disciples, it's a very interesting process. Yeah. Um, he, he picked them. And I, and I know he's God. Uh, but he spent time in prayer beforehand, an entire night in prayer before God. And then mm. he comes and he chooses, starts choosing his, his disciples. So I always encourage people, just start praying that God would bring somebody into yeah. your life that, that he'll burden you with to start meeting with somebody that, that you can be mentoring, somebody that yeah. you can be caring for as well and, and helping them along in their spiritual journey. If, if, if you're praying it, guaranteed the yeah. Lord will bring that person. And, and it might start through hospitality. Like yeah. you bring someone a meal, you get to know them, you start having yeah. some of those conversations. Um, it, it's just, it's all around us. Uh, and it doesn't have to be more than that. It can be for a time. It can be yeah. for a short period of time, a longer period of time. Um, so I, I think it's so rich and we've, we've narrowed it to, you know, sit down and have a Bible study with someone. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. No. No. Uh, it, it happens in almost everything that we do in our conversations that in some way we're, we're discipling, we're, we're challenging others in their worship or are they walking in their obedience? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Christ. Now, Byron, why would you say this is so important and why should discipleship be a key value or a key part of what a church is doing? Well, if we come back to where we started, if Jesus said and commissioned those mm-hmm. early believers, especially the apostles, saying, okay, this is what I want you to do. Go and baptize and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Well, then it sounds like it's fairly important that we actually do that. And we see that in the book of Acts, as we see Paul and Peter and others, what are they doing? They're going different places. They're teaching. They're sharing about Jesus. They're baptizing. They're helping others then to do the same. And you see it happening very, very quickly, even in a life like Saul. Um, last week we were in Acts 9 with Saul being changed dramatically mm-hmm. as that encounter mm-hmm. in Damascus. And then it talks about his disciples let him down. And he'd only been a believer for how long? Yeah. Eight weeks, maybe? Maybe, maybe a month or two? It wasn't long, but he already had that relationship where they were connecting with others and they were listening to him and learning and asking questions and talking together. So it's not like you have to be way down the road before you can share with somebody else. So it's just so important that it doesn't happen automatically. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen by just sitting. Same sort of thing like when, when we have children We want them to learn and grow. We want to help mold a godly character and values. If we just sit back and say, well, I hope that happens, 
it's not near as likely as if we're involved and talking about things as life develops. Well, this is Christian life development, really. And, yeah. yeah, and um, our, our ministries, like our young people, young adults, our Sunday school, mm-hmm. um, our connection groups are all really, you know, Matthew yeah. 28 discipleship groups. Yes. And so we just encourage people to be involved. We know, you know, the pandemic and all of that right now, but when those things start up again, yeah. to be involved in that because a tremendous amount of fellowship and hospitality and discipleship all happens and, and we're all encouraging one another um, to, you know, in our worship of Christ. And the last thing that I would say is, you brought up Acts nine, Barnabas. Yeah, yeah. Like, be a Barnabas. It's it's amazing how much encouragement people need. So, be a Barnabas. Now, I'm not trying to say be only a Barnabas, but make sure Barnabas is part of your mentoring, or you know, like just look at the great. Like sometimes we we're so focused on the sin in people's life that we yeah. miss out on the grace of God in people's lives. And if they're believers. They'll have grace that you can recognize in their life, and they just need. Satan is not going to encourage us, and we mm-hmm. get a, you know we get a lot of attacks. But um, be a Barnabas, where if you see grace in someone's life, just say you know I'm just so glad for God's grace in your life, and you've been an encouragement to me. Um, so we thank God. Yeah, wonderful. Good. Thank you, Thanks, gentlemen. Tyler. It's good.